family, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? It's Thursday. And you know this this Thursday is your girl, Dr. P on the pod. Dr. P on the pod, yeah. I'm so glad that you joined me one more time again this week. I hope you're having a great week. You know, we are in Black History Month. You know, of course, you know, every day with us is Black History 365 days. But it's always good to just make sure that we are lifting up something, something about the fabulousness, the gloriousness of being Black (laughs) in America during the month of February. So that's what we're doing all month long. Yes, indeed. I'm excited about my guest today. Mm-hmm. He's a good friend, longtime friend. You probably know him. He's been around for a long time, not that long. But I'm so happy to have Dr. Maurice Franklin. Indeed, Dr. Maurice Franklin, thank you for joining me on the pod today. Dr. P, <laughs> I'm so happy. Thank you so much for the introduction. You're right. It is Black History every day of the month, 365 days of the year. So thank you for including me in, in the Black History Month um, celebration. I'm happy to be here. And of course, you know, uh, Dr. P, Vanessa, I'm always happy to talk to you. We are like family, brothers, sisters. I love you. I adore you. And I'm happy to be here with you. Well, 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 same, same back to you. Now, family, for those of you who don't know, you know, Maurice, uh, he has a, a, a resume. Of, well, uh, all that he has done, it goes, I think, about 50 pages. Uh, and he has done everything. And, and he is everything. He is, he is Dr. All That, for sure. He lectures and he consults on organizational sustainability, strategic planning, corporate development strategies. He's uh, previously served as an advisor to former mayors, Mike Rollins, Bill Campbell, Marion Barry. I mean, he has done it all, but I can tell you uh, he is currently serving on Harlem Hospital and the Prince Hall Medical Foundation Board of Directors. He's a Phi Beta Sigma. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And he is a member of the Prince, um, the Grant, the Masons, the Masons, Maurice. Say it right. Say it right, please. I'm a member of the most virtual Prince Hall Grand Lodge of the state of New York. I have been a member for 21 years and I'm a legacy, a fourth generation Prince Hall Mason. So that's something that I'm excited about. And you, you got it right, Vanessa. I am a Mason. Well, you know, I know I know how important that is to you. So I wanted to to lift that up. So family, tonight I asked I asked Maurice to join us because we're going to talk about um, African American burial grounds and genealogy and how important uh, that is to us. And Maurice and I were talking, and he was telling me all about um, his work with the old Five Mile Creek Cemetery down there in Oklahoma. And um, and I got excited because, you know, I am uh, very much involved in my African burial ground in Lincolnville. And the name of that cemetery is uh, Bible Sojourn Cemetery. So let's just get started because, you know, we don't always run out of time. So, Maurice, let's start. Let's just how did you get in, how did you get interested in? 
uh, in African-American burial grounds and genealogy. And I want to hear all about Old Five Mile Creek Cemetery. So that's a great question, Vanessa. And how did I get interested? I don't, I think that I'm just born into it in terms of, you know, people call me an old soul. So that meant from, to me, that meant that as a, as a, as a baby, I was spent a lot of time with my grandmother and some of the old settlers in my community. And when I thought about it, many of those old settlers were either themselves had been slaves or their parents were slaves. And so I learned so much from them. I remember their voices, uh, the way they walked, their rhythms. And so that that was has been in me throughout my entire life. My, my mom was really engaged in genealogy during the research. And sort of the word of mouth history, you know, was a, a part of, you know, sort of my experience and my education. But over the last 10 years, I started to uh, create a genealogy chart, do an electronic, you know, charts, you know, looking to see who I'm related to. I did a DNA test. And uh, through that DNA test, I began to uh, learn a lot more information about my family, meeting other cousins. And so we ran up on a cemetery uh, called Old Five Mile Cemetery, which is one of the five oldest cemeteries in Oklahoma. It was in Oklahoma before Oklahoma was a state. As a matter of fact, uh, the last borough was in 1906. That was also the year that my great-grandfather Alexander Franklin died in 1906. So that was the last burial in that site. And in my generation, and even in my mom's generation, uh, Pernessa, nobody even knew where it was located or ever be, had ever been there. So last May, I actually came home to Oklahoma and kind of did what I normally would do with my great-grandmother or my grandmothers. I came home. You know, I made my way with my with my mom and some cousins. We made our way to all the cemeteries that we knew about. And those are the cemeteries that we, you know, the Prince family and the James family and the Willis family and some of the Franklins and Stevensons, just all the names that I could call the people that I'm related to. We would kind of, we go out to the cemeteries and that would be sort of our commune for the day. We talked to our ancestors and somebody would say, Reese, that's my nickname, Reese, uh, do so-and-so's voice. And I would start to think about it for a minute. And I'd do one of my, they call it Ain't Tuka, and I would get a little rasp in my voice. And they start laughing. That's Ain't Tuka's voice. Now, Ain't Tuka died in the 60s, but I remember her voice. Mm. And so, so for me, you know, those um, ancestors, that's what I call them, have been with me. So I had a cousin come out from California, another uh, doctor, social scientist, and we, uh, and her son, we found old five-mile um, a cemetery. It's along a creek, a five-mile creek, um, located on about 200 acres of land, um, adjacent to another 260 acres of land owned by uh, my second cousin. And so when we found the cemetery, uh, we were not happy when we found it because um, it was just almost as if a petrified forest had grown up around the grave sites and the the headstones had been removed and had flown down the creek and the water and everything was just in such bad shape of a farmer owned the land and the cows had been allowed to just roam everywhere, Pernessa. The wild boar had just, you know, it was just that kind of a cemetery. So in May, when I saw that, you know, we were happy to be there. We knew that the ancestors were happy and rejoicing that we had found the cemetery. And so we just kind of began to think about what we could do. And, you know, I said, this is just too much work for any one person to do. We, we just can't call our family members to come out here. And we don't even know how many bodies are out here. It's just in that bad a shape. Almost reminiscent of the African burial site down on, on, Pernessa, on Wall Street, Pernessa. It's just 
nobody knew. Nobody knows who who's there. And and so <clears throat> I wrote an article uh, for Gannett Network News Network, and the article appeared in papers across the country. And out of that, I got some phone calls from uh, companies that actually do that kind of research. They brought some. They were willing to bring people in and cadaver dogs to to you know sniff around to find out where the bodies were located because. Uh, the one thing that I'm learning about this process, you know, as they begin to, you know, sort of geolocate and mark this gravesite, is that <clears throat> even if a grave is gravesite or cemetery is located on private property, the owner of the property can't own that <laughs> that land, that particular part of the land, and nor can they own it. Nor and the people have access need to have access to that 24 hours a day. And if there are survivors, <laughs> you know, descendants who want to be buried there, that is our right. And so. Um, this project has went uh, far beyond my imagination just in a, in a matter of, you know, six or seven months. So we have a, a team of researchers, um, you know, those people, archivists, uh, members of his Oklahoma Historical Society, members of the various uh, uh, tribal tribes in, in Oklahoma, Creek, Choctaw, Cherokee, Seminole, and Chickasaw. You know, my members of my family who are buried there go back, you know, have been in Oklahoma well over before statehood. Uh, Buck Franklin, the father of Buck Colbert Franklin, who's my cousin, is buried there. You know, my great-great-grandfather, David Winchester Franklin, is buried there. His son, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, Alexander Franklin, is buried there. So uh, these are names that I'm just, you know, identifying uh, on uh, my paternal father's side of my family, you know, just really in the last uh, six or seven months, Vanessa. But I feel like uh, every time I'm out there, you know, working with these researchers, uh, I feel like these ancestors, because um, I feel their spirits. I feel like they knew at some point, you know, that I would, I would, I and others would find them, and they would, we would bring those bones back to life. And mm -hmm. so, so that's what's happening right now. You know, I, it's far beyond my expectations right now. I'm actually meeting tomorrow with more cousins, the research team are bringing out more dogs. Uh, what we've learned now is that their graves buried beyond <clears throat> where the where the fence was around the cemetery and there was a it was barbed wire fence, Pernessa. And and uh, one of the researchers told me in, in December he goes, you see this this barbed wire and you see this tree where it's marked. He said the headstones are older than the barbed wire in the tree. Mm -hmm. so, so that tells you that there's been some nefarious things going on out there in terms of just the desecration of the cemetery. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so I'm really happy that we, you know, put some light on it. And I'm really happy that some resources are coming to bear. I, I wish that this could be the case for all cemetery projects or for our community. You know, slavery has just disoriented us in some way that we don't know who our people are. Many of us are, are learning or slavery has uh, institutional racism has created created such dysfunction in some ways that even if we know we do we care and so i'm just trying to bring some love and some education uh well you know you know community. maurice you know maurice that there there's an african burial ground here in in richmond and um i had the opportunity to go out and and uh one of uh one of the the um large churches here uh, matter of fact, one of the white churches here in Richmond um, did a community service project at the African burial ground here in Richmond. And I was I went uh, and I was saddened that um, there really wasn't black folks coming out to really 
to participate in cleaning up the cemetery, you know, and I've had and I've seen that in many in many even in 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 Lincolnville over the over the years, you know, um, it's like we we allowed our our cemeteries to just be to become a part of the the um the forest, if you will, uh, and anything happen. And then, 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 then the other folks come in, in the neighborhood, they move in. And, and one of the first things they do is they have a sense of cleaning up the African burial ground. And, and, you know, so I guess my question is because I hurt, I'm, I'm saddened over this part of it because you and I know there is so much, um, joy and you uncover so much of who you are. Uh, when you are working in the cemetery, every time I go home, you know, my friends, you know, they laugh at me because they know I got to go by the graveyard, you know, because that's how I grew up. I grew up walking with my grandmother uh, to the graveyard and talking to the folks in the graveyard, you know. And so when, when, I, when I go home to Lincolnville and I'm just going in and out, I, I mean, I am hurt if I don't have time to go into the cemetery and talk to the talk to the folks. So Maurice, what can we say tonight that can, you know, that would get our get our our generation interested to go home and find the cemetery and uh, especially those cemeteries that you know, you know, your great grandparents are buried there. They are calling you to come and and rekindle uh, that land on their behalf. That's what I believe. What do you what do you say? Well, for me and for you, obviously, it sounds like it's a calling. It's a calling. It's in my bones for me. Uh, but what I try to do is to encourage and, and to educate those around me who are, are curious. I think that, that the education, the cultural education, you know, that that is in our within our churches and within our other organizations, that we need that we that we need to to look at the the depth and the care of our our ancestors in the same way that we do a care of the living. And so I think that that's a component that's missing. You know, um, I, I had some, saw somebody died in New York city, uh, maybe back this summer. And I was out on the street a couple of days later and I was watching a bus go by. And the first thing I thought about Pernessa was the bus still keeps moving, you know, even after death, you know, and so life keeps moving. So, you know, you know, we, I don't have an answer for that. I, for me, it's a passion, and I hope that there's someone in you know the next generation who's you know sees Uncle Mo or Brother Mo or cousin Mo and and is you know is and, and is inspired by the work that I've done and are curious enough you know to want to do that. What I'm learning from the work that I do is there I'm meeting all these 25 and 25 to 30 year old cousins gene, genealogy DNA cousins now mm -hmm. DNA cousins. I have a DNA cousin who's visiting me right now. He just we've never met. <laughs> We're from the same patch of land. He flew in from Seattle because he's been working with me on this project online. Wow! And it, it feels like you know we've known each other for life, and so so I know that there are people. Um, because that has been my experience over this last year. I've met so many DNA cousins. And by the way, you know, I just want to say all roads lead to Virginia. I'm learning that, yeah. you know, my genealogy, I have, you know, there are probably thousands of people in the Virginia area that I'm connected through to genealogy. All roads lead to South Carolina. <clears throat> you know, talked about Lincolnton. Um, Lincolnville. 
Lincolnville, but I want to talk about Pendleton or Anderson, South Carolina. Okay, all right, go <laughs> ahead. Talk I, about because... <laughs> the high country. I'm from the low country. Talk about the high country. Well, because I'm also from Anderson, South Carolina. One of my uh, my fifth great grandfather, an enslaver, uh, William uh, Sherard, Alexander Sherard, uh enslaved my fifth great grandmother and had children by her. And so, um, so I, so I also, you know, come from, you know, from, the, from that parts, those parts of the country. So while I'm a native of Oklahoma and, you know, a, a part of the a Freedman tribe, a Creek Freedman tribe, and some of my family members are also Chickasaw and Choctaw. So I'm members of all those tribes. Um, you know, we've really been in Oklahoma for about 150 years as, as you know, first Indian territory. And then, of course, uh, Oklahoma territory before it became a state in 1907. So, you know, my ancestors have, you know, came here, you know, on what, you know, people call the Trail of Tears, but it came here with those tribes, you know, from different parts of the South, from Tennessee, uh, from Virginia, South Carolina, Louisiana. So, uh, so what's happening in Anderson or Georgia or other parts of the South and those cemeteries is equally important to me. Uh, one of my dear friends passed in, in September. I had um, had made my way to Chambers, uh, Georgia, Chambers County, Georgia, uh, Chambers County, Alabama, in October. Pernessa, we get to the burial site, to cemetery, and I'm I'm feeling uncomfortable because I said I feel like I've been here before. And so we buried my friend, and then after. Uh, the burial, about two weeks later, I'm talking to someone from Mississippi about, have you looked at certain counties in Mississippi because we're doing research? I said, well, while I'm talking, I said, let me, I'm going to pull up Chambers County, Alabama and see what's, and I pulled up Chambers County, Alabama, Vanessa, and what was going on in my body was telling me, this is, you got relatives here. These people are your kin folks. My friend was my cousin. Didn't oh know. Oh my God. Did not even know. But, you oh know, 30, a, a 30 year friendship. But when I looked up, tr- travel. All these trammels in, in Chambers, uh, Chambers County, Alabama, are my kin folks. And so I called his sister. I said, Robin, we're related. Did you we're related? Your brother was my was was my, was my no wonder we were so connected. So so Pernessa, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't find out that we're related. Because, yeah, we probably are. Because we, you know. we probably are. We are, we probably are. And you know, because of because of slavery and so many of us got dis we got separated, you know, from our from our blood relatives. Uh and we we created a whole different tribe. You know, but we cannot let the fact that we cannot trace our bloodline, we cannot let that stop us, you know, because we are a, we are a different kind of family. Uh, the, black, the black family is a different kind of family. It is a blessing that you have been able to find so, so, um, so much of your family through your DNA. And <clears throat> many of us are not uh, unable to do that, but we are we are connected, you know, and I and and I want to uh, lift up that we are connected through our ancestors who survived the Middle Passage. We are connected through my ancestors who created who you know, came and bought a patch of land and called it Lincolnville for a thousand dollars. You are, mm. you are connected through a hundred, over a hundred years of being in Oklahoma, you know? And, and I believe that we have uh, a responsibility to, to take on that fabric, 
you know, and and take that fabric and and make a quilt and pass it on to the next generation. Uh, I'm 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 so excited about about this conversation. And of course, like I said, we were going to run out of time. We're going to run out of time. <laughs> and we have done just that. But it's been a joy hearing about Old Five Mile Creek Cemetery. We're going to have you back to talk about some of this other stuff that we can talk about around um, HIV and stigma and other kinds of stuff that you are involved in. But this has been a great conversation. And and family, you know, you know, if you got a cemetery, an old cemetery that you are that you are working with, why don't you let us know about it? You know, you know how to get in touch with me. You can just email me, write that info at bombingilead.org. Let us know about your cemetery project. Yeah, yeah. Please let us know. Maurice, I'm going to give you the last word because we got to jump. We are running out of time. Vanessa, thank you so much for inviting me and including me in on such a dynamic program. And you're such a dynamic sister. So let me always say that first and last. But I do want to encourage anyone who's interested in genealogy that there are several, several Black genealogy groups on on Facebook. Please do a search. I could name quite a few. And if you're on Clubhouse, please check out the Black Genealogy Rootsology. There are several groups on, on, on both Clubhouse and Facebook. I would encourage you to to look uh, look up some of those groups and uh, and uh, and just uh, there are professionals in the group and people just beginning. We're all working together to help each other. So if you're interested and curious about your own family DNA and genealogy, I think those are some great sources and great sources of individuals who are willing and ready to help you um, take those steps. And thank you so much, Vanessa. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, thank you, brother, Doctor Maurice Franklin. It is always a joy to talk to Doc. Maurice Franklin. Dr. P on the pod, yeah. Well, family, we have come to the end of another show. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget the 33rd National Week of Prayer for the Healing of AIDS is coming up real soon, coming up real soon. Sunday, March the, oh, I believe, I believe, I believe it's the first Sunday in March, and I believe it's March 6th, if I'm not mistaken. It's March 6th, right? And March 6th through March the 13th, Sunday to Sunday. Please make sure that you are joining us and participating. We'll be telling you about all that we're going to be doing during the 33rd National Week of Prayer for the Healing of AIDS. We ain't done yet. We ain't done praying. We ain't done educating. We're going to be coming up because we don't talk about HIV like we used to and like we need to. It has not gone away. So please get ready, get ready, get ready for the 33rd National Week of Prayer for the Healing of AIDS. Gotta go. It's been a great Thursday, and you know we're going to be right here next week this time. Yep, it's Thursday. And if it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. P, on the pod.